Hello everyone and welcome to 3Count Radio and today we have not only the beautiful bruiser Molly Spartan herself. Hello. Hi. Hi everybody. <laughs> How are you doing today? How have you been through lockdown? Good. Yeah. Um, I've been good through lockdown. I mean, good. well, as good as you possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, missing wrestling, missing being able to travel everywhere and do what I do. Well, I say do bets as part of my uh, talent range. Um, but yeah, but recently been able to do some exciting stuff and sort of yeah. try and get back into the swing of things. Um, but yeah, it's it's not been great, but I don't think it's been great for anybody. Yeah. Um, but I've not gone insane yet, so that's always a good. That's always a good <laughs> sign. I've not completely lost my mind. So yeah, that that's that's good. Um, I, love I also get. got married during lockdown, so that was good too. Congratulations! I've been meaning. Thank you very much. I'm really happy for you. It was a it was a quick, bizarre, small <laughs> wedding, uh, but it was good. I mean, when I say quick, we were engaged to be we moved we were engaged to be we've been engaged for a while yeah um but the only reason we didn't do it the previous year was because we were going to a family like a relative who lived in australia's wedding so we thought oh we'll give ourselves more time we'll do it the next year and then the next year the year went on fire um so all our plans kind of went out the window and we had to do something else but we stuck to the date that we said we were going to get married on and got married on that date so um, it was a halloween wedding uh, and a oh, castle ruins in Kakodi from my hometown, um, and it was good. It was, it was fun and it was interesting, and it actually gave me something to do during lockdown. So <laughs> that's good. It's always good. Gives you a reason to get out and get dressed up as well. Mm-hmm. I bet it was an amazing day. I'm re- really, really, I'm happy for the both of you. I mean, it was really interesting because there was like a storm coming in, and I mean, like. Mm a proper storm coming in and I like we had a gazebo and we had like friends who were genuinely being human weights because they thought this gazebo was going to fly away into the sea <laughs> was it was like a cliff edge um in Kirkcaldy and uh, yeah they thought so like when I came in and obviously walked down this like made up aisle there was just like friends hanging off it like <laughs> monkeys so it was like you I've seen it and was like yeah this is my wedding this is okay like <laughs> it will do we good um so i definitely had an interesting one it wasn't a run-of-the-mill um one and i have a story and even during a pandemic we managed to do something that was kind of fun and cool and sort of yeah, we've at least got a story for our wedding. It's not just, it was oh. a lovely day in July and the sun was through the sky. No, there was a storm coming. We had an hour break, got married in that hour, and then <laughs> during <laughs> Halloween on a blue moon, because it was on a blue moon, it was just mad. Um, That's so a yeah, Molly Spartan wedding. Oh, 100%. It was on... So where we where it was was in Kirkcaldy, which it was at Raven Craig Park. If you're from there, you know what it is. And there's like castle ruins there. But there's like stories are is like um dies are sort of down away. The the caves down there is supposedly where the devil comes out of when he comes to earth. 
is like the stories and there was like battles and that of the, the devil in these caves. So yeah, like we got married in the place where the devil comes out to earth. It was a blue moon and a storm. Where, yeah, it was 100%. It was a Molly Spartan Wolfgang wedding. Like if it had gone normal and it went smoothly for how bizarre it was. Mm. Um, but if it just been like really sweet and nice, I would have been like, summons up here. This is me real. <laughs> nah, nah. Um, but the chaos was kind of part of it, which was lovely. Good. Good. That sounds honestly like a perfect wedding. Oh, it was great fun. It was great. The only thing about it was we were like allowed on like a proper reception. Hmm. So we've planned on having that another time. Like yeah. we just went pause on it. So we've done the married bit, but now we're going to go and have a big Halloween party. Maybe in like August or something? I don't know. Um, so yeah, there'll just be a massive Halloween party at some point in the future. I look forward to seeing about it. Yeah. We'll see a lot on Instagram about it. Yeah. <laughs> it won't even be my Instagram, will be everybody else. <laughs> so you um you mentioned uh doing a couple bookings this year. I was actually meaning mm-hmm. to ask you about that. It must be really weird wrestling without fans. It's unusual, yeah. It's a mm. it's a very different environment. I could I could say that for the least. Um there's it has its positives and it help, definitely has its negatives. Like mm. obviously a massive negative, the fact that nobody's there. Like you are wrestling to no crowd which is completely the opposite of everything that you really sort of train for and did like that um and like how to be in a ring kind of thing but I've sort of taken it on myself I just sort of keep in my head now thinking everything needs to sort of go towards the cameras because that's where the audience is Mm. like the audience is there it's just down that giant eyeball in a camera now and they're sitting at home um so yeah this kind of way so we sort of have to just try and direct everything now instead of like you try and direct some of it to there of course but mm. yeah everything now goes that way i think it's going to be interesting trying to adjust the opposite way as well because the the, the group of us who have been obviously been very lucky um both for ICW and for even progress down south, we've all sort of adjusted to this new way of um, performing. And it's going to be really interesting when it goes back to us going, don't do everything in camera now. Like, <laughs> it's, like it, I think it's going to be very interesting because there's going to be some like crazy stuff happens when we all go back because folk are just going to be like, yes, people. And then, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. Uh, but yeah, it's it's, it's very different. Um, it's done in a very sort of strict way. I know I can only obviously talk about ICW as that's really predominantly mm. where I've done it about. Um, but I know it's done in like we do it in like booking, like filming sessions. Let's say. So I don't actually. It's a weird sort of thing watching a product back that you're on and you're on heavily, but you've not seen anybody from the rest of the show. So any of the other matches that are filmed, I'm we're not in the building at the time. It's done, it's been done very like how NXT UK are doing it. So it's done in a sense where um you you have your sort of filming time 
and day and stuff like that, you arrive, you do sort of your temperature checks, you fill in sort of like obviously a COVID response sort of thing, wash hands, anti-back, wearing masks, everything like that. And we're like all wearing masks until we basically go through the curtain. It's like music plays, take off masks, put to the side, go through the curtain kind of thing. Um, you've got your own wee area of dressing room. Any staff that are in the area are basically like, there's an area where you film sort of your speaking sort of promo kind of stuff. Like the guys, the guy that's using the camera is kind of like, it's not like a shower curtain, but it's pretty much like, it's like he's in this little cocoon kind of thing so that he's by himself and away from you kind of thing. And there's like a perspex sort of thing where the camera comes out so you can see him. Um, but he's in his own little bubble and we've all kind of, I mean, it's of, of course it's completely necessary. It's something that they need to do in order to keep everybody safe, not just the talent, but obviously the crew. Um, especially the crew who they do see everybody. I haven't. Like I've I've not had a chance. And it's one of those things that's kind of gotten because yeah. a lot of the guys are doing great work and it would have been like great to be able to actually witness it live and be part of that live show. I mean, it does make watching um, sort of fight club on the network even that bit more exciting because it's like right well i i know what happened in my match but what happened in theirs and how does it work and are we kind of like it, it is it's, it's it does sort of make it fun because like if wrestlers are being honest they do watch back some of their shows but one of the, the brilliant benefits of being a, a wrestler is you get to watch all this wrestling all the time so you don't tend to sit down and watch a show, you know what I mean, um, um, and that you've already seen because you were there. But now I'm getting to go, Saturday at five o'clock, right, get my tea ready, like, okay, it's at dinner. Like, sometimes I'm not bang on five, but usually, like, dinner time on a Saturday means I'll sit and watch Fight Club and see what everybody else is doing. Um, so that's, like, a, a positive of it. Um, but, yeah, I also just miss everybody that I... Share a lot. I should normally share a locker room and have banter with, and you know, I mean, have a laugh with, and I know who cut, turns up with snacks, and I know who doesn't, and who am I sitting You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, it's one of those things that it is it's very jarring at start with. We've kind of got used to it now. It's now the reverse going to be going back into crowds and being like my lord it's got warmer in here oh it may be those couple of hundred people in the room now that was not there previously um one thing i definitely say as a female wrestler with there not being anybody in the room your makeup melts less <laughs> like <if you> <laughs> your face better not when it's really warm you get the melting effect and i've had like points where i've got like big black panda eyes because my mascaras ran everywhere because the room's so hot and you're wrestling um where if there's nobody in the room it's not as warm so that's kind of a positive but i would rather have a i'd rather have a melting face full of makeup mm. than uh and no no people in the room so yeah i'll get used to it again i'm i'm sure it'd be like riding a bike I'm sure once you get through the curtain, fans are there, you'll just be like, right, back into it. 
back in it. I'm not going to come in and go, can you just leave, please? <laughs> <laughs> I would actually, I'd love to see that. Just come out like, hey, 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 no, go on. Right, I'm going to have my match now. Can we all just leave? I'll, I'll come out and tell you what happened, but you just need to be outside. Thank you. Bye. You can watch on demand, all right? Just go, go yeah. Hey, hey, if, if, if they all get old and get more subscriptions, I'll be like, you're welcome. Totally. <laughs> that was all me. You can watch my match on the WWE Network. Thanks very much. <laughs> right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would actually be a great gimmick for like <laughs> rest of eternity. I didn't miss a single one of you. <laughs> Something I can imagine a heel Molly Spartan saying, to be honest. <laughs> Depends on the day I've had. Yeah, true, true. If I've been fed, I, I should be alright. If I've not been fed, I would not put it past me. <laughs> <laughs> Up there. Uh, talking about the um, talking about the crowds. One thing mm -hmm. that does interest me is different regions of the UK, and mm -hmm. how much it may differ. So, what what would you, if there are any anyway, what would you say the differences would be to a Northwest esque crowd to a Scotland ICW crowd? I mean, it happens everywhere. Like, it, it, I mean, it differs differs all over the world. Um, like, I've not just obviously I wrestled up and down the UK, and it's, it's it's a weird like. Obviously, my debut matches and stuff like that when I was first starting were in like Glasgow and in Scotland, yeah. and because that's where I train. And um, but. The the mo the majority of my wrestling career has happened in. England um and it's happened sort of sort of Liverpool a lot Manchester like I really really sort of got into gear when I was in Manchester um with Future Shock and sort of that sort of area um obviously do a lot in Liverpool now Newcastle a lot in Newcastle and then even down into sort of London and around kind of thing um Glasgow is very sort of unique, but it always has been. It doesn't matter what kind of um, performance it is. They're a crowd that you have to impress them. And you can, oh. like, musicians, I've heard musicians even say this, and it was interesting listening to, like, musicians that I really liked talk about the Glasgow crowd. And become, when I started, obviously, wrestling the, sort of in Glasgow more, I sort of really understood what they meant, but it's because you need to impress them. You need to bring your A game and go, hey, this is what I am. And it might take a couple of tries to get them on side, but as soon as you have them on side, they are so loyal. Like mm. they will follow you to the ends of the earth and they will like go after absolute, be it they love you or hate you, they are passionate. And everything gets thrown, and like people come up for like the big ICW events, and it's it's yeah, it's it's great, it's really fun, and it's really exciting to wrestle in front of a crowd like that. Um, but it, it's the same everywhere. I think it's quite a British thing where um, there's certain areas that are easier to win over, mm -hmm. 
um, than Glasgow because we're Scottish people can be quite stubborn. Um, <laughs> and I was like, no, do something first before I cheer you. I'm not just cheering you for the sake of it. And you're like, right, okay, let's do this. Um, everyone say like the sort of north of England are easier to win over, mm. but they're the same sort of um, sort of mentality where if you're able to show that you can perform and that you are worth their time to come and see, they'll come back and they'll tell you and they'll come and tell you about the last time they've seen you and the time before that or when they ended up, you surprised them being at this show, etc. Like, every place is really sort of welcoming. These are all vaguely sort of the same volume, let's say. Um, I have to say, the only place that I've seen men crying at a show out of sheer excitement was in Glasgow. Well, no, Glasgow, and I've seen men cry when they've seen Triple H arrive at ICW in Cardiff. But I think oh. that had something to do with more like, they couldn't believe Triple H just walked yeah. through that. Like, it was a strange experience. Even <laughs> I was like, this is real. This is real. <laughs> it's actually, we got like a text message that Triple H is coming. And I'm like, no, he's not. <laughs> and he was like, I was like, okay. And I remember I was coming down like stairs at the back of the venue and I'm shouting, where is so-and-so and blah, 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 blah. And I opened this door and I'm like looking back and there's Veronica Lestrange, who's one of the presenters. She's sort of just like here behind me, following me. And I've opened the door and I'm talking to her and I could see her face is just went. And I'm like, yeah, right. And I turn and it's Triple H is like there. <laughs> it was a genuine like, well, hello, son. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. And he's like, hi, I'm, and I'm like, I'm, 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 I'm fully aware of who you are. Um, and so I said the hello and everything. He went by, but I just remember being like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, hello. No, John Calder. The funny thing is, is a friend of mine who worked for um, NXT at the time and sort of done a lot of the booking of venues for like outside of America for both WWE and NXT and stuff uh, was my mate Dave and Triple H proceeded to f move and go past me to say hello to Veronica who was on the stairs mm. and Dave was behind him and I was like Dave because I didn't expect like not only did I open a door to a Triple H Triple H was a door and then moved and my mate Dave was behind him and I was just like, ah, Dave, and hugged my mate Dave. And I was like, it's Dave text me there going, do you understand how great it felt for you to be like, by hello, Triple H, Dave, how you doing? It's like, I felt great. And I was like, I'm here for you, pal, I'm here for you. Um, but yeah, it's like, but so yeah, like all the crowds in here are great. Um, you're very passionate, but yeah, you're. It's very much a case of we need you need to impress first. Yeah. Then, as soon as you impress them, you are loyal, and it's great. Uh, like there's other places that are more like German crowds are very close to the ring, right? Mm. They are around the ring. There's not. There's not like anything having there. There's not been any barriers. So like. If you're doing, if you're going to do anything that's like outside the ring, 
you actually need to keep an eye on like do not kick a fan in the face do not kick a fan in the face don't act like by mistake but don't accidentally kick somebody or do anything like so you do have to be more aware of that um because it's not even like even though there's like obviously shows here that don't have any barriers but the the chairs are at least like a good like row apart kind of and there's like at least like a space around the ring yeah that doesn't happen in germany they're like here <laughs> they can touch the ring and you're like okay right i can't like if i'm going to like go out that way i need to be like no run go okay um like it is because they're german so they pay attention and like they're fully like yeah they're just they 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 move they move but there is that part of your your brain just constantly there going don't you can't you can't even if it's an accident you can't kick one in the face um um not that I would ever deliberately kick a fan <laughs> in the face. I'm just going to clarify that. There's no reason <laughs> I'm just like, I want to kick up. No, no. But yeah, you're aware of that. Um, I went to Tel Aviv and wrestled and they were all really nice. Like, really, like, they were really nice. Um, like, it's one of the only places I've ever wrestled where after the show, I was like inundated with messages of people like saying like, thank you for coming. I really... We really appreciate the fact you've come this way and etc. And I was like, it's my job. <laughs> but it was really nice. It was really nice to have that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like wrestled all over. Um, but like a very British thing is impress me and then I'll stay by you forever. But you need to impress them. If they think you're rubbish, they won't have the time of day for you. So you need to impress them. Yeah. And they will just be like, no, thank you. Next. And you're like, okay. Mm. Very, very passionate, the, the British people. Very, very passionate. And you are right. Like, it takes... It, 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 they'll watch. They'll give you the time of day. They'll, they won't just judge and then like, be up now. They'll watch. But you are right. It's like, you you have to do something. You have to have that something. It's just like... Yeah, and so they'll, they'll they'll come back for other people, but it doesn't necessarily they'll gravitate towards you. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's it's kind of good that it makes it'll make us work harder, yeah. um, as performers to make sure that we are impressing a crowd. And even if it's a case like, I don't mind if people being like, "No, go away from me," because they don't like me because my performance is not meant to make you like me. That's fine. Like, but that's still an interaction to me. If you're telling me to bolt because you're like, boo, I don't want to talk to you, that still to me is the same as the person that's like, you were great. Like, it's the same sort of recognition. But if you just don't give a flying about me, like, fair enough, some people won't. There'll be some people that don't like it, the fact that I'm female and I'm wrestling. And I, I get that that's a thing. Even though it shouldn't be, but you know no. what I mean? Nowadays it shouldn't be, but I also understand. So... Um, but it does still happen, so I don't take it proper personally. Mm. But I always try my best to give it all I've got. Because God. at the end of the day, I also love this too. And I know I don't want to be in that seat watching somebody that doesn't put their heart into it. Um, because it's very easy to see. The one thing I also give British fans 
and England is going to protect our face some absolute belters is the fact we all have like chant originality so like we do also treat crowds like they're all football matches so they're singing there's chants they're sometimes dancing you know what I mean when they're really into it it's a it's a a massive part like that's why the raw after mania is the best because Mm. it's full of Europeans it's not as a bunch of British folk and then you've got a bunch of Europeans who have gone to Raw and that's what's done it because Americans' chants are all like, sorry guys, but you need mm. to get your game up, right? Mm. Americans need to get their chance and they try and replicate it, but they don't have the rhythm and they don't have this. So when the Europeans are here and we're going, this is how you do it, they go, wow, yeah, like, <laughs> it is fine. But yeah, that's that's why. That's a very European, but it's a very British thing, like mm. turning anything into just a big laugh and a chance to have a sing and dance about pretty much anything. Yeah, like if the Brits have it, that they, knack of just like, they're singing and dancing about yeah people fighting, like they're like yeah, <laughs> and you're like okay, let's do this. <laughs> but yeah, American chants are awful. They're like. Let's go. Oh, okay. Right. Anything mm. else? And then it's like, go oh, team. Like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, I got really excited. I went to a, so I went to America. Like, so I love ice hockey, is another thing I love. Mm. And I went to see the Chicago Blackhawks versus the Florida Panthers. And when I came out, for some reason, somebody was playing Chelsea Dagger, like, they play it on the outside. And I was like, why were you all doing that inside like that? Because it's such a it's such a thing here. Mm. People just da, 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 like just going for it, but they were outside like just playing it out of their car because well, Blackhawks won that game and it was Blackhawks fan playing it, so like they were celebrating, but they weren't dancing. They were just playing it like they knew it was a celebration thing. But when I was just like, "Well, you are rubbish at this. Like, <laughs> you rubbish at this." Then you come and teach us how to do this. I don't get it. I, I, have you have you heard the? Well, I'm, I, I hate saying this. The soccer chants, foot football like the like Americans when going to football chance. games. I hate that word. I don't want to say can... American football because that's different. Oh. So I don't want to say well, that. This is the thing, right? That's the, yeah. Like it's not football, and I go, wait a minute. Our game that the rest of the world call football because the majority of the game is dealt with people using their feet mm-hmm. to kick a ball. There is one person that can lift up the ball, but they can't even like probably. It's not like the goalie can just take it and run up the pitch and just throw <laughs> it in, right? He has to kick. It, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, how on earth is that not? How's yours football? Yours is some screwed up version of rugby and you went and put a bunch of padding on you, a bunch of chases. <laughs> it's not football. Don't even give me oh, oh, It's ridiculous. No. You're the only country that calls it that. Mm-hmm. I was like, and everyone like, shut up. Shush. Silence with you and your I remember after an argument with someone, some American was trying to explain to me once that American football came first and it's this. And I was like, uh, <clears throat> wait, hold on, what? Did it? Are you sure about that? Okay, I, one quick Google search will really put that to bed. If American football came first, 
Why do you call it American football? <laughs> That's all you need to say right there. Like, if, if, if that came first, surely that's just football. <laughs> no, the rest of the world will call it football. You call it soccer because for some reason you've decided that yours is American. Oh, shut up. Nah. Like, you don't, it's got, like, it's literally go, you mean the game where you predominantly use your feet, so your foot, to move a ball? Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> This, this podcast took a turn. Ah, well, it's what we love. Speaking of, though, speaking of a uh, future shot, though, mm-hmm. you had a full dominant year of the women's title, beating Lana Austin for the title and bookending by losing the women's, women's title to Lana Austin. But in between was a dominant reign with the Queen Bees. How was that year for you? Because I'm not going to lie, for me in, in general, it was amazing. Absolutely loved the Queen Bees. It was... For me, I don't think, like... I have, like... A, I thank Future Shock a lot. And I've, I've, I've even said this to... Um, the person that sort of brought me into Future Shock at the time was Chris Brooker. Mm. He's the guy that was sort of booking and running it at the time. Um, I don't think he's there anymore. Um, I think it's run by others, but at the moment, but at the time it was him. And it was that sort of thing. Like I I knew I knew Brooker for a while, like for a good few years before I even started training. And I'd, he'd do sort of tours with individuals. Like he did one with like Rowdy Rowdy Piper and stuff like that around the country. And I would help out. Like he was friends with a color commentator called Billy Kirkwood uh, from up here. He does ICW. And so obviously I was friends with Billy. and. And doing so, sort of just, I'd always just sort of say, like, look, I'll, if you need a helping hand, I'm here. Um, I did it with, I, I still do the sort of same thing with inside the ropes, etc. Um, so I'd met him, and obviously, sort of every time he'd see me, he'd ask me, like, sort of, how was my wrestling going? And what was, like, how was I progressing? And stuff like that. And he sort of took a chance on me and said, like, well, are you ready for matches? And I was like, yeah, no, 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 I am. Is at that point where I was, I was wrestling in Glasgow. I was having matches sort of here and there. Every time there were sort of GPWA shows, I had matches that I could send. And he sort of took a chance on me and gave me just one match at first um, against Lana. Yeah. And yeah, it went great. I didn't, I didn't get the win, but. At the end of it all, I, I, I made some sort of an impression. Um, and I don't think it was even a year later. I think it was... It's a few months. It was late. A few months later. Late 2017. Um, yeah. Oh, that feels like so long ago mm. now. Um, sort of came into it. And it was just the fact that, like... I was still, like, I still felt like I was a bouncing baby in comparison to others. I'd been around wrestling for a long time. Like, my history previous to that was sort of the production side of things. Um, I learned how to do everything around the ring before I did what was in the ring. Um, and that was that was purposefully. It wasn't just because I couldn't get booked, which, like, is, like it's sort of like I wasn't that. I, I purposely was doing everything around the ring. Um, because in my head, I was never meant to be a wrestler. I always oh. believed that I was never meant to be a wrestler because 
at the time, what I would look on television was sort of the time of the diva searches, where it was all models and stuff like that. So to me, it was there was nobody that I connected with. All like growing up, I loved China and like even now, like Bill Nicano and stuff like that were like your bigger sort of women. Um, but China was a whole different other thing altogether. She was just a spectacle. Yeah. Um, I think the closest sort of representation I probably had was somebody like Beth Phoenix, who who like I completely look up to. Um, but obviously like like there's nothing against her, but I don't see myself in Kelly Kelly. You know what I mean? Like I'm just it's not it's not there. We're not I don't like see myself in her. Um and it's nothing against her as a performer or anything of that. It's just that didn't relate to me at all. Um, yeah. and, but I always wanted to work in wrestling. I wanted to be part of it. So I went to the production side of things. I thought, right, go for creative. And like I have a, a, an honours degree in uh, television because I went and learned how to actually make a TV show. So I understood like how the cameras work. And I basically turned it into like a wrestling degree. Like every Tuesday I would watch Raw in a little room that had a projector and take notes. I actually found my university notebook like a couple of weeks ago when it was it's quite cringy and what flipped through like at the time i loved cm punk the many times i write just cm punk is great just and i'll by itself off on its own wee thing i'm just like jesus christ hey um <laughs> punk mark um at the t- like at the time writing it but it was that way where i just didn't so i learned everything outside and it wasn't till um, basically GPWA opened up um, at the time I was sort of just as a friend sort of supporting the guys and saying like look I'll be student number one I'll be your first student so that hurdles over like we'll go into that way because I thought like I could learn the different perspective um, I could learn what happens in the ring so that it would benefit what I was doing outside would understand how to film it better would understand that sort of thing because it, Everybody knows, like, referees have wrestling training. The predominant, like, there's very little people who do anything within, like, wrestling who haven't had some form of training, be it just how to roll or how to do something quite simple. Um, they all sort of know how to do the basics. So I thought, right, I'll learn that. I'll, I'll get that perspective of things. But it was that strange sort of thing where how GBWE do their classing is is that you have like an induction class which is eight weeks long um and you learn to a certain point if you're able to do that then you move on to the next class which is like another i think it's like six or eight weeks to get to a certain point and once you're able to do that then you can either move up to the main class or you have to sort of do this so they're trying to address things like it's nothing against and i'm saying this as someone who's not some tiny whippet like an eight pack or anything like that but like some people sometimes it is their physicality that's holding them back be it they can't like there's simple things in wrestling you need to be able to do in order to keep you and everybody else safe um one of those things is a lot of people ask me like i'd love to do wrestling and the the, the thing i genuinely say to people is can you do a forward roll they go, no, but that's incredibly pot- important in order to be able to be a wrestler. If you watch, it's, 
people getting thrown off or evading or everything. It's all rules and things like that. It's, it's basic things that they need to be able to... So if they can't do that, then we need to find out why you can't do that. Is it because maybe it's you are a bit too heavy and you need to sort of trim an areas for your body to physically go over or... Because there, there will be big guys but they can still move. They know how to move their body kind of thing. So they would sort of address that sort of thing because it's keeping everybody safe, but also just, you, we don't just, they don't just want to be that place that's just taking somebody's money when it might not be for them in a safe way, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I'd sort of done that and I managed everything. Like I was able to do everything and even, I remember after the eight weeks and uh, God rest his soul, uh, but Adrian McCallum Lionheart saying to me, um, I'll be honest, mate, I thought you were, am I allowed to say a bad word? Go for it. I'm just checking. I'm just checking over it. Man. I'm sorry, mate. I thought you were going to be shit, uh, but you weren't. And I was like, Thanks. Uh, and he was like, "No, like you, like I, I basically I proved them wrong." He thought she's going to be useless, and I wasn't at all. Um, and it was that weird notion of like in that eight week period, sort of that feeling of I found I found where I always was meant to be, like where I wanted to actually be, was in the ring. But I'd always, like, society and everything that was portrayed to me through the television told me that I wasn't wanted. Like, someone my size, someone of my build. Like, I'd always just been bigger than people. Like, I'd always just, growing up, like, through school and everything, I was always just slightly bigger than everybody else. And this isn't me going, oh, woe is me or anything like that. I just was. It was just a fact. And it was that way where I just... I just didn't see myself in that world. So I never tried to be in it because I didn't want to be told that I wasn't wanted in something that I loved so much. But finding it eventually and being like, I can do this and I can do this being me. Um, I mean, at the time when I started training, like Piper Niven Viper was absolutely crushing it in Japan. And like, I don't think she's such a, she's such a beautiful soul. I don't think she can even understand how much she inspires girls that aren't just petite little things, that, that bigger lassies can do this. And she is like, I, she just, she's so lovely that it won't even fathom to her how of an, much of an impact she's had. And even like even if you're looking at WWE, people like Nia Jax, Raquel Gonzalez, and stuff like that are just bigger people. Even Rhea Ripley, like Rhea Ripley, is in incredible shape, but she's not small. You know what no. I mean? Like she's not a small girl. She's not. She's big and sort of dominating, and there's a presence about her, and it means that girls that have a presence about them are welcomed now, and it's not. They don't need to be dolled up to the nines and I, I mean I'm not I'm partial to a red lip and a bit of makeup but oh. have nice hair but it doesn't that doesn't I don't need to be that I can be whatever I want to be and I can be me which is the main thing and I can feel comfortable doing what I'm doing but 
a massive part of that comfortability and a massive part of my confidence building was future shock. Mm. And the fact that they, they, like, they pretty much took a chance on at that time someone who was pretty much a nobody. Like, I was, I was doing my best. I wasn't just not doing anything. Um, well, they really took a chance on me and I, I gave it everything that I could. I didn't, I, I knew that this was a chance for me to actually develop as Molly Spartan, to truly find out who Molly Spartan was and who she was as a wrestler, as a performer, as just, yeah, it's, it's that way where I was also able to try so much new stuff and new ideas and new approaches that I'd always been sort of suckling in my head, but actually put them into practice for myself rather than somebody else. And yeah, I will always, always say nice things, even though, yes, right, but <laughs> about it, because I truly really think that I don't think if I had, if I had that run with the Queen Bees, Michaela Dark and Casey Owens, like, I don't know if you'd be seeing the Molly Spartan, you know, today on things like the WWE Network and on things like that, because sometimes, yeah, you just need a wee chance. And from that, you can grow and you can experiment. And Future Shock did that for me. And I will always thank Chris Brooker and everybody there who took that chance on me. Cause, and it was that sort of, feeling as well of like I'm doing okay at this because it was nearly every month it was a car of Scottish people coming down to Manchester or or the surrounding area in order to wrestle and we became part of that roster and I've made some great friends through it who if I see now it shows I'm just like I did like and I know them through that and like they're always like, oh, I see how you're doing with this, but yeah, all GBWA taught me everything I had to do physically, but Future Shot really gave me a chance to teach myself and be able to sort of get experience from other people on how to really become who I was going to be um, in the years to come. So Future Shock was. <laughs> Like your first major program? I'd say so, yeah. Like I'd done like shows where it was just one bit here, a bit there, the van, and gone going. But yeah, I'd say like Future Shock was my first like major program. It was the first, but I'd always been around major programs because I worked for ICW for years, years before it. So I'd always been around major programs. I always knew like what was required in order to really drive something. Um, but it was just never me who was doing the driving. I was sort of, I had the roadmap at the side going, this is what you need to do. But somebody else had the wheel. But for a change, it was me that had the wheel. And I had some, I had two great performers who were coming along for the ride as well with me. And they were taking a shot at the behind the wheel occasionally. And yeah, it was like my first major sort of programme. It was my first... Um, yeah, it was the first. It was my first championship, and it was actually my only championship. <laughs> oh. but it was that way where now I understood. It also taught me as well about how 
to respect the championship and use it correctly. How it's not, it's 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 such an honor to be given something like that because someone um, actually credits you enough in order to give you their championship, but to not just use it as I'm the best and I've got that kind of thing. It's a way of creatively using this item in order to make matches feel special and for matches to feel to actually be creative about it and how to sort of make sure that you retain it or etc. It actually made me actually really think about how important a championship is and how it's it is it's not the be end and all to have one, but how to creatively use it um, so that it's not just an item that you carry to the ring, that it is important, that it is something that people want to see you either get or get taken off you. Um, and yeah, I was able to really do that at Future Shock because when eventually we dropped the title, the, like it, the reaction was incredible. You know, what I mean, was. it really, it really meant something to people who are watching because they just spent a year going, it's these decades again. <laughs> Can they just go out? And we did. And the, the sweet thing about it is when we did go away, I got a lot of people going, wait, where are you going? And I'm like, wait, you've just been a year till we leave. I'm left. And now you're like, no, come back. But that's great at the same time because... It means that it's that sort of reaction where if someone's going, go away, but it means that I've got their attention and they enjoy my performance to a point where they're like, I wish you would leave. And then when you do, they're like, no, wait, no, 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 don't leave. <laughs> be careful what you wish for. Yeah, it's that way where it is. It's, 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 it's tremendous. And I love, I adore Manchester and the sort of surrounding areas of Manchester because of it and it, like it will always hold a very very dear place in my heart because of how much it helped develop who I was going to become uh, and how I look at things and how I approach things for myself rather than others um so yeah it was it was so it was like it was such a big like risk that they put on me but I'm very glad that they did. Um, so yeah, I'm being nice. Jesus Christ! Oh, it's that surprised me to be honest, because I because I didn't know who you were before Future Shock, and I with the way you and the rest of the Green Bees and Kayla and JC JC Casey Kayla and JC. Jayla and Casey. Casey. <laughs> you get tongue-tied. I'm the host of the show. <laughs> it's okay, that's why I'm here. Fine. Dear me. <laughs> um, Jayla and Casey, you, <laughs> you carried yourselves as if you, you'd you been doing this for decades. You, you carried yourself really that's well. That's the thing. Casey and Jayla had been doing it for years. Both of them had been out to Japan. Kate, I mean, Jayla had done Ice Ribbon. Casey done Stardom. She'd been tagging with her sister for years. I was the newbie. I was the one that was like, hello, everybody. I'm here. 
I was that one. And it was odd because I, I, I'm very, I, I will say like, I'm very honored and privileged to the fact that the training school I came from and how the, it's a very respectable place, but it is that place where if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing or they prepare you for being able to perform and how to be able to perform if something goes wrong or something goes sort of way. And it is like my coaching staff to even start off with was um, my, to become husband, but obviously not at the start, it wasn't Wolfgang, uh, BT Gun, Jack Jester, Red Lightning, and as I say, God rest his soul, uh, Lionheart. That was the starting. But the years have gone on. We've ended up adding people like, Kaylee Ray, Stevie Boy, Jackie Polo, Liam Thompson, and, and other people coming in and people doing different seminars to do stuff. And it is, it's this hub. And I'm very glad that it's that way where we have sort of a stage, like a stepping stones in order to become part of that. So when I have, we used to do like nights at the asylum and we do hold these shows in the training school and we'd all sort of get matches and learn how to work in front of a crowd. But now it's sort of, they do five pound wrestling, which is essentially you pay five pound to come in. And that's usually everybody's sort of debut match. They get their first match in front of a crowd. It's usually friends and family, etc. because they're paying a fiver to come and see their niece, their nephew, their son, their daughter, whatever, doing their first match. Then there's Wrestling Experience Scotland with GPWA, which is more sort of, you end up going to different towns and it's family friendly shows um, and you go to different towns and you get to perform in places that aren't your family. So they're not going to just cheer you because you've come through the curtain. You need to sort of work the crowd kind of thing. Um, and then of course, the other thing that's associated with the school is ICW. Um, and if you're able to get to that stage and that sort of performance level, that's sort of the place where you'd end up going. Um, but for me, like when it first started, obviously we do the five pound race, not the five pound, but like the shows and the asylum um, and sort of do bits and pieces, like Newcastle a couple of times, then I show in London, like maybe once or twice and stuff like that. But Future Shock was established. Like I, even when I first started, like I was aware of who Future Shock was. Like that's where like loads of names had come from and had trained. And like, even now, if you look at, you've got your Gibsons and your James Drakes and everything like that coming from, from like a lot of it coming from there. Of course they, they, they went everywhere, but yeah, it's that kind of place where like loads of people who, even when I was there, like Ashton Smith was there and stuff like that, who are all now NXT, NXT UK. And um, there was so much great talent coming from them that of course I knew. So when I got my first booking from it, I was like, oh, this is cool. And it was that way where um, I genuinely at first was like, thanks Brooker. Like you're being, you're being nice. You're giving your friends a try. But I knew that it was ample opportunity to actually show them, like, yeah, you've been lovely to give me this and to, to give me a try and see how it goes. And if it goes tits up, you'll never have to see me again, but I'll appreciate it anyway, all the way. But the fact that I was like, I'm going to make sure that this goes well. 
Mm. Like, although I fully appreciate this, I am taking this opportunity to show you that I could be, I would be someone you'd bring back. And at that point, I thought maybe they'll bring me back for one, two shows, like down the line, if they have like a big rumble thing, then maybe they bring me back then. I didn't expect to go into a year long program, but I'm very glad that I did. And I'm very glad that I, I did something right in order to be given that because I know what it means and I know how much it means to everybody and everybody around that area and especially for them to go let's give it to a Scottish person (laughs) (laughs) huge because everybody sort of from there had sort of come from there and it was they were very sort of local and I was the stranger but I'm glad that I was sort of like my approach was I'm going to do something here that gets attention but in a very respectable manner, of course. Um, but yeah, that's sort of that's sort of my first thing. But I think being with JLA and Casey as well, it does mean you have to up your game. It does mean as well that uh, if I'm coming out and I'm also on a show with all this great talent, I need to up my game because I need to I need to come out there like I've been wrestling all my life. I rolled out my mother's womb in a singlet and a pair of boots. I need to act like that. I need to be that person. Because if I'm ever going to be that person in the future, I need to I need to act like I'm that person now. Um and learn loads. And yeah, and I, I, I do I think I remember when I went up on the network for the first time, Brooker even tweeted out saying like game changer, I think it was even. And I was like, um, and I sort, of, I sort of replied going, you're the one that changed the game for me because you're the one that gave me the chance to become who I am now. Um, and yeah, like, I know I'm very, very, very lucky um, in that. And it's not that I didn't work hard. I absolutely bust my backside because I knew that the opportunity I was given was such a great one that I needed to really just grab it um, and be able to. And it was like interesting going to things like I went to like a media con and folk were coming up to me going, you're doing lots of work with Future Shock. And I was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, oh yeah, we've seen you on a poster. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. So yeah, I knew it was something that people still because if I was paying attention to it before I was booked there, then other people was as well, were as well. So I knew it was just this was an opportunity for me to even just get out and around. Um, but yeah, it was a massive thing. It will always be a thing that's in my in the back of my my, my brain about how much it helped me develop. Good, good. I mean, it's, it was an awesome run. It was absolutely brilliant. And most of it, I think the fans saw most of it, you can be serious and a grafter and you're getting people's face and mm-hmm. you're one to be taken seriously. <laughs> but it wasn't without its comedy as well because you did team up with DDL on the 16th of June of, in 2018. Uh-huh. And I got stuck in a bin. <laughs> All bins legal. Oh, what a concept. What was that? I, I did not agree to that, Matt. I did not agree to that. 
<laughs> you need to tell me about that. Like, how did it even come up? I mean, I know James Drake had the bin, but it's how just... How did it come up? I don't know how it came up. I got in the ring, and then they announced it was all bins legal, and I'm like, what are you talking about? So I don't even... I don't know how it came up. It came up when he grabbed a microphone and said, all bins are legal, and I was like, oh, all went okay. Um, yeah. DDL, man. What a, what a lad. What a lad. Yeah. Yeah, we had our moments, and we had our moment. It would have been great to do more work with him. Yeah. Because he is an incredible talent. Like, he is incredible in the ring. And we got to share the ring that night with Lana Austin and James Drake, who both incredible talents. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. I don't know how that match came about. I found out when I was on the outside. So <laughs> I found out before the bell rang. So that's how it came about. <laughs> One spot. One spot from that match that has been etched into my memory is when DDL was just about to receive a peach punch from Lana. And he's got his eyes closed like that, waiting for it. And you're trying to warn him. And she tags out and James Drake does it. That is just, that's just the, it's always, I, I've never forgotten about that. It wasn't me. I'm okay. It wasn't me <laughs> taking it. I've taken it before, but I wasn't taking it. So, yeah, just, I'm not paying attention. <laughs> being a dafty, that's where he was being at the time. Oh, that's DDL, though. He wouldn't be who he is if he wasn't a dafty. True, true, <laughs> true. And that's. That's someone, if you go back to the creative chants, that's someone right there who's on the receiving end of every creative chant possible. The fans have about a million chants for DDL alone. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. That's because he's an incredible performer and you care. Yeah. You care if he's on the show or not because you're like, like if you've been to a Future Shock show and DDL's on it and you've done all your chants and you go, right, I'm going to another one because that was so much fun. And then you go back and he's not there, you're going to be like, hey! Where's the chicken guy? You know, I mean, the point it was the chicken guy, but you'd be like, oh, where is he? It's brilliant. I just, the, the, the gimmick of being a, the chicken is just, the possibilities that that has lent itself to when he jumps into it head first of 100%, and any little chant or shout or anything, he hears and it's like, just uh, straight away, he's. He is like to me. He's one of the most under, like underappreciated performers in the UK. Like he mm. should be in other places. Um, I'm just glad that he's got some place like Future Shock, um, and that to perform and then actually have like a proper captivated audience. Um, but yeah, no, he should be. He should be. He's he's, he's very underrated. I agree. Um, just how great he is, um, because he's able to be exactly what you need him to be and that's very hard um as a performer yourself it is it's very it can be very difficult and a lot of people like to some people like to be pigeonholed um as this is what they are um and they struggle to sort of go to either side but he is a man that if you go i need this he does it and he does it with everything he's got um, but yeah, he's one of the most, to me, he's one of the most underrated performers. Um, because if 
if he needs to be serious in a match, he can be serious. But if he needs to be dressed as a giant chicken in the match, he'll be dressed as a giant chicken in the match without mourning or complaining or he just he does what he is. So yeah, he's he should be um definitely further afield, like more known uh in a sort of global aspect than what he is. Yeah. Um in my opinion. In my opinion. Oh, I share that opinion. And when watching DDR, you get the, you get the opinion. You get the, you watch me. You just think, this guy isn't here for him. He's here for the fans. He's here to make whomever he's facing look incredible. He's not there mm-hmm. for himself. He's there mm-hmm. for everybody else to make them look good. To make the fact to entertain the fans, to entertain the kids, to just because when when he comes out, the kids they go mental because they can mm-hmm. call someone a chicken. It's it's yeah. just absolutely fantastic. He's, yeah. he's incredibly selfless. I, I I agree very much. So. Mm. Oh, yeah, he's brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, you have, of course, you have been doing a lot of work with TNT as well, as well as Future Shock and with the She Wolves. And Lizzie, Lizzie Evo shared shared this moment on her Twitter not long ago now. Of Lana Austin turning here and joining, and the roof blew off the place. What was the energy like at that moment? It was it was incredible. <laughs> like, um, it's obviously something I constructed myself mm-hmm. and convincing Lana to actually. Who would have thought Lana Austin siding with me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with me. Um, <laughs> Me and Casey, like, um, like our approach, like TNT as a whole is an absolute dream to work in. Mm. Um, so was Future Shock. Um, but at the time, it's weird. Like being in Future Shock, it was so great to work in. It was an absolute dream to work in. Great environment, great people to work with. But because I was so new, I thought, oh, this is this is how it should be. And then going to other places and realizing. Oh, yeah. no, he's not nice. Okay. Uh, but TNT is a dream to work for as well. Like, um, like just everything about it, the staffing, the, the management, how things are run, especially even like on the backstage side of things, things that fans don't see. Um, it's such a, it's such a, a nice sort of like really encouraging environment uh, to work in. And the fact is... It's weird. It's like I sort of approached. I approached sort of TNT with this sort of, um, sort of idea and me coming in, and I basically brass necked and was like, "Hi, I'm this. I think I'm what you need," and like it was. Bra- they could have just been like, "Right, you on your bike, get back home," and I'd be like, "Okay, bye." Um, <laughs> bye, brass necked it, and like she was. I've been doing their thing for what two three years now like like this year was going to be so it's such a great year for us but obviously the world went on fire Um, but yeah that moment with Lana was it was just it was exactly how like I always had it in my head that I thought one day Lana's going to side Lana's going to break and she's going to end up being my pal yeah. It was one of those things that I envisioned that, like, I always describe Lana as like 
female John Cena, right? She's loved. She's beloved by everybody, adults, kids, the whole shebang. And for her to turn against you, oh, oh dear Lord. It was like, and I was just like, yeah, that's a moment. That's a special moment. And that, that screams just how talented she is as well, because she makes you absolutely adore her. She is such a great talent in the ring. She's so like she's so talented, but personally, you're like everybody loves Lana Austin. It's yeah. just a thing that people love. Uh, like, I mean, she's John Cena. She's Hulk Hogan. She's this, and for her to do what you don't expect her to do is so jarring. You're like, oh Jesus Christ! Which is what an entire room of adults did that evening. <laughs> It completely unglued. It went mental. And I was like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> the noise that I had in my head for so long was 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 even quieter than what actually happened. Like, um, fans that followed her for years were just gobsmacked that this had happened. And I was just like, we got them and that's for me the thing that i crave the most that that oh noises that just completely but because i think with wrestling as well a lot of wrestling is you're so programmed into what is going to happen this is what happened you follow that so as soon as somebody's able to like jar you you're like wait a minute what? And they're the moments I love. Like, there's moments in wrestling that I talk about. There's like, there's weird, like, people talk about, like, oh, what match got you to be a wrestler and all this. And mines are bizarre, but it's because of moments like that. Moments that you go, that the crowd all of a sudden just went silent for like 30 seconds because they were like, wait, what the, what? Like, the idea of like, Brock and like like the Brock and of course it wasn't Brock and Taker but it was that like ah, like people making a noise that they've never come out their body before because they didn't (laughs) expect it to happen and yeah they're the kind of things that I'm just like but I think it's because I spent so many so many years getting the production side of things and really sort of salivating and like who wrote that who thought of that whose idea was that like that kind of thing engrossed my life for so many years when I became a wrestler it also engrosses my life that I'm like I want to achieve that I want to be the person that makes that happen now um but yeah but Lana Lana can like but also it's great when somebody like Lana does it because you don't expect it so when she does it it's even more just and you're like Yes. I've just spent the last five minutes just making noises. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I've done there. <laughs> that was pretty much resting though, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. It's it that's what it is though. Like, as as a fan, that's what you want. You, you crave those moments that just leave you speechless because they're the big oh my god moments, aren't they? Like, it's, it's the same as like any good television show or any good yeah. movie. 
those are the moments that you want to talk to your pals about. And wrestling's a thing you can go see live and then on the drive home go, man, I did that, or mind the this, and oh my God, that was so cool. Or like, I wonder how we did that. Like, how did they do this? Like, I don't think I could do it. Like, if it's a move or whatever, that's what you talk about. Yeah. Like, the amount of times, like I had a really weird moment where like, at TNT where I walked in a bar once with one of the commentators and people started giving me a round of applause and I was just like <laughs> what the f- what is going on realized, oh me what why and then I was like I'm just gonna take my coke and I'm just gonna go over here because I felt really weird about it but it was that weird like after that I thought about it and went oh my god like what like it's that kind of thing but that's what you want like even as a fan you want to leave the stadium or whatever it is talking about what you've just seen it's essentially like water cooler moments is what they used to call it in television was when people would stand around the water cooler at work the next day and talk about what they watch on telly that didn't really happen anymore but it happens like via text messages or like going to see live things and talking about it and that's the beauty of wrestling is you're actually having those moments you normally go with a friend and you can talk about it afterwards um and like people saying like what was it like to be there like i was at the mania when the hardy boys came back and the place oh, unglued yeah. itself then and it was that like i came back from orlando and thought we're like what was the place like like it seemed mad on telly but was it as mad on the t- and i'm like it was mental but it's that way where that becomes the talking point people want to know you were there live what was it like oh i seen it on this it was cool kind of thing um but yeah it unglued and it was exactly how i wanted it to go down it, it was amazing absolutely like, just, you watch it and you just see them just go but they stick as a wrestler that's it that... but it was also like that was the night as well where like lizzie like if you watch her like she cements you like her and alexis falcon both are like like fully believe that lana's on side mm. you know what i mean like they both cement themselves there as well as performers and they went like toe to and yeah like it's it's not just about lana like having someone like lizzie and alexis in the ring to attack you need that too it's not just about her it's all about everybody involved and yeah they like that that's the night i truly think like lizzie cemented herself in tnt and alexis falcon did too it wasn't just like us four were already like our Post had been chipped in and we were in the ground, but they they were in their fresh cement and they kept put themselves there. And I don't think they'll be. And won't they, they, they'll definitely be there for some time to come. Definitely, yeah. I was only thinking earlier as well when you were talking about it. I was just thinking like the talent pool in that ring at that time. Yeah, my God. Said was me, Casey, and Rio, mm. and in the ring was Alexis Falcon. Lana Austin and Lizzie Evo, which from that moment became like what was the fully fledged sort of team. And then other people were coming in. Um, and how far we've all went from 
like that moment and it's yeah it's it will always be one of like my crown one of my crowning jewels mm. of like my career is that which is mad that it's just me on the outside going yes! <laughs> <laughs> um, but while like what we did to lead up to that to make it so like important and i it was just it was all incredible sort of yeah it was it was it was very good. <laughs> quite good. Everybody involved was quite splendid at the job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it was great. And yeah, the place did unglue. It did, yeah. So you talk you talk about Lana and she's the she's the Uber face. And it's funny you say that because my last memory of her at a live event, she betrayed a year-long mentorship with Holly Barlow to win the title as literally seconds after Holly won. Even I was disappointed about that. Like, even I was like, Lana! I've got a picture taken by the one and only Tony Knox, and he caught my reaction perfectly, because not only did she win the title off Holly, that wasn't enough. She then stirs down and sees me, stands over Holly, and just goes like that rub it in my face because I if I'll send you the picture afterwards it was just my face encapsulates it all Charlie's going mental my mum's staring at me you've got other people in the crowd staring at me because they know how much of a Holly fan that I truly am I know how much of a Lana fan that I truly was you know that I'd come quite a lot of the times in their shirt and for her to do that I was I, I literally speechless mm-hmm. I didn't know what to say it's one of those one of those moments like usually I don't want to sound like I'm a big guy I'm on the city world but usually in wrestling I can think something's going to happen here mm-hmm. usually you know you've got a little thing in your mind but that no that got me I was just like it's moments like that that create pure magic in wrestling yes and that is the beauty of wrestling yeah absolute beauty so I, I said to a few, few other people I've had on here, it's nothing like it. Nothing like pro wrestling at all. It's no, a different it's style a live, of magic. It's a live stunt show that's also a soap opera. That's like, yeah, it's incredible. It's one of those things where like, the amount of times I've said to people going, um, it's incredible. Some of the performers in it are just, yeah, you do get the people that are just like, oh, you watch wrestling. I go, you watch Coronation Street. I was like, just wrap it, get, move on. <laughs> know which one to I'd rather watch? Yeah, like, minds have incredible athletes who sell the differences in the ring. Yours has one scrap, and for some reason it's in the newspaper. Shut up. Like, mm. exactly. Yeah. It's. Uh, that's a cat of the fish for Coronation Street. I won't, I won't go down because I hate <laughs> anything like that. See, I don't hate it. I don't hate it. It's just not my cup of tea, but I understand mm. that it can be others. Fair. Um, wrestling is mine. I've always been physical. I've always just been a physical. Like, and that's what I'm saying. My other sport that I love is ice hockey because yeah. it's a very physical, fast paced sport, and it's the same with wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, it's brilliant. It immerses you completely, especially at live shows. Watching it at home is amazing. Watching it live is just 
it is just incredible. Mm-hmm. So I've been to quite a few Raws, quite a few Raws and Smackdowns now, but still genuinely, as far as fan participation and atmosphere, I think a, a, a fight of spirit, Future Shot TNT, that feels more closer to home. It feels better because mm-hmm. you get more legitimate fan involvement because there's less people, but those less people are, more, are a lot more passionate and I, know a lot, it's more, a lot more about intimate it. And yeah. you, you have direct sort of, you have a more direct connection with the performers. Yeah. Because if you boo them, they definitely hear you. Yeah. Like, if you're just booing in a stadium by yourself, the guy in the ring's not going to hear you unless you're on the front row just going, Burr! like, if you're in the normal season, everybody else, unless everybody joins in, mm. they're not going to hear you boo. No, it, it's it's one of those things where you need to need to get that chant going. I've got one, one chant going at a live show uh, at Doo Wee, that is. Plenty of indie shows. But Doo Doo Wee, I've got one chant going. That's it. But it can be very difficult because you've got a lot of people who are casual and don't usually go to wrestling shows. They don't usually know the know what the standards of how this or that happens. So they'll usually join in when it gets going. It's like, oh, okay, okay yeah, okay. But then again, as we say with WWE, you don't usually get the creative chance unless you're in the UK or so in Europe. That it's like we say the differ from NXT UK and Bomber Smackdown. Yeah. That's where you get the difference. Like even when you're watching the NXT UK crowds, like takeovers and everything, like poor Zach Gibson like <laughs> obliterated with them. But it became a thing and like um yeah, I like I can't wait for the first NXT UK takeover after all this. Because fuck, I'm just going to be going wild. It's going to be mad because it's going to be the first time they could properly go for it. Yeah. And it's going to be great. And it's also going to be a chance of like people who have discovered it during lockdown and during this. Like, There's an odd thing we've got to think about. There will be kids in the future and performers in the future who will talk about how um, they got introduced to wrestling because they watched the lock the, the, the coronavirus WrestleMania. Yeah. And that was the first one. And then they got introduced to this crowd world and stuff like that. Like there will be people that will talk about it, especially in the UK, because Drew won the title. Because people were tuning in to see the fingers crossed that it was going to be the first British champion. Yeah. People that haven't watched it for years probably would go, I'm gonna stick this on and their kids watched it then. And like there's loads of things we've got to think about how much of an impact that would be on the British scene. The only problem is, is we've not been able to actually witness the impact because we've all been stuck at home. Yeah. And it, there will be, there's going to be, you're, you're going to get somebody who is essentially, who's currently two, but is going to be the future Drew McIntyre. And they're going to talk about, i seen Drew win the title, win coronavirus. It's going to be a thing that we hear in years to come. Yeah. Like, when we're old biddies and like we're, we're, we're hitting our retirement years, there's going to be some 21-year-old who says that on like some interview. And we're, you're going to be like, Spartan called it! Spartan called it! 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting when we come back. Like that, I think it's going to be a bit thought. mental, but I reckon there could be a lot of new people who need to learn. Yeah. Like, this is what we do. Okay. Right. Okay. Let's go. Yeah, all the other fans around are going, don't worry, this is how it goes. <laughs> oh, I'll, I'll show you where you're been. Come on. Um, <laughs> Come on, you're very And that kind of place where you do, you would sort of turn and go, if like somebody beside you was chanting the wrong words, you'd be like, hey, it's this. And they go, oh, thanks, pal. And then join in. Like it's no, uh, it's one of those kinds of places. It's that kind of, it's a party environment, which yeah. is, Great, it was just fun. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Everybody's there to have a damn good time and yeah. they they will. And that, that's just to say <laughs> well, they like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> you will enjoy it. <laughs> you will enjoy yourself. You're gonna sit there and smile and you're gonna have fun and you're gonna go home and tell people about this. You hear me? <laughs> and they will come and they'll enjoy yeah. themselves. And they're gonna come with you next time, and this is how it works. <laughs> and that's how we make wrestling fans. Yes, with peer pressure <laughs> and aggression. <laughs> we found the formula. That's it, that's it. <laughs> oh, man. So, um, come the eventual return of pro wrestling, of shows, what, is, um, what are some of the aspirations for future Molly Spartan? To hold the ICW Women's World Championship. Mm. Um, I'll be honest, I don't understand why um, in Bard, which is obviously broadcasting, it'll be on this Saturday uh, on the WWE Network, five o'clock in the UK, um, mm -hmm. why the championship is not on the line. Um, because it is vacant, it has been vacant since I debuted on ICW properly, um, and it's been vacant ever since. And this is the first big sort of pay per view match we've had. It's getting broadcast on Peacock, um, which is incredibly massive. Yeah. Yet, the championship is not on the line, and I personally see that as. A dig. I see that as a problem because to me, the only reason it's not on the line is because what they know the outcome, they know the inevitable, they know that if that was on the line, what I would be happy to do. Because for me, with ICW, I felt like I've been overlooked for years. As I've said, I've worked for them for years. I I went and learned how to train and be a wrestler to try and better their product, yet well, I'm going up and down the country, travelling the world, wrestling, they just don't even bother to look at me. Like, that's, that's so insulting that really realistically, although I absolutely adore Future Shock and the chance that it gave on me I shouldn't have to have that shouldn't have to have been the way I said we should have been the place where I developed and grew as a performer. But no, 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 no. You overlook me. And because of that, 
that's made this an issue with the company. Angel Hayes may think that this is super personal and it's not. Mm. It's not. You are just the martyr for the company. And after Saturday, yeah, I'm taking a couple of years off your career. But in the future, I hope you understand that this was to better the promotion, to better the chances and the way that the women are looked in ICW, that people aren't overlooked because they already had a job. Enough's enough. So at some point, whether they like it or not, I will hold that ICW world. And that's important. It's a world championship. The likes of Piper Niven, Viper, and Kaylee Ray took that title around the world. It was defended around the world to make it so. And although I completely respect those two women with absolutely every inch of my heart, but by the way that that company's treated me, you're going to be lucky if I don't set the thing on fire once I've got it. You heard it here first. The ICW World Women's Championship is what's in the future for Molly Spartan. And that's that's not something that I'm just saying because I'd like it to happen. That's what's going to happen. That is the inevitable. There you go. Uh, I'd... I'm scared. I'm scared for her. <laughs> I'm scared for her. I'll tell you that one. That the answers thing is, my question. What I'm saying. The championship isn't on the line on Saturday, but it will be at some point because they mm. won't be able to escape and they won't be able to duck and dive and not give me the championship match that I deserve, quite frankly. Yeah. I, I After watching you for so long, it's hard to argue. And from a fan perspective, it's hard to argue after watching you for so long. But it, yeah, your championship material, it's, that's been proven. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not that you haven't won one. World, world women, I was the Future Shock Women's Champion. Mm-hmm. You will better believe that it's not, although it was my first championship, it is not going to be my last. No, it definitely will not be your last. That much I'm confident of. Blade, so you heard it here first. Be very, very afraid because I know I am. <laughs> fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So are there are there any socials or anything you'd like to plug? Uh, of course, um, you can find me. Basically, the easiest way, as I say to people, is if you're trying to find me, just Google Molly Spartan. Um, I'm Molly Spartan on Twitter. I'm Molly Spartan on Instagram. I think I'm real Molly Spartan on Facebook. Uh, I'm Molly Spartan on TikTok when I when I try to post things on there. Um, but if you Google Molly Spartan, you find them all. Um, I know it's I know it's I, I, that's easy because if you put in the image page, it's just pictures of me as well. So we're 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 good. Uh, you'll find me that way. Um, of course, I have my big cartel page. Um, which I sell uh, my She Wills tea, the She Wills t-shirt, which is obviously the team of me and Casey Owens. Um, but I, I have all that sort of thing. And 
all support is appreciated, especially in the current climate, because, yeah, it's been fun uh, the past year for us yeah. all. Um, but yeah, if uh, you follow and just, um, the main thing, obviously, that I'm trying to get people to watch is Bard uh, this Saturday on the WWE Network, which is 5pm in the UK, um, but it's like, noon one o'clock two o'clock sort of us side of things with peacock obviously being a big broadcaster now mm. um, and having the network in america um and watch me take a couple of years of angel's life angel, <laughs> angel life angel hazy's career of her but mark my words this saturday is the start of change and it is the start of a new beginning for icw you heard it here first. Angel Hayes, be very afraid. <laughs> Molly Spartan, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you for having me on. Thank you very much. If you're at home, would like to like, subscribe, and drop a little comment for the algorithm, it would be very much appreciated, Molly. Thank you very much. No problem. Thank you very much again. <laughs>